2: linkedin the place to be to be
3: at t connects and ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower lather up with the news sports talk comedians or movie reviews connect with that three-hour philosophy show change the driving to work in traffic so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
4: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com businessgoldcard business gold card.
5: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this.
3: we are in the final weeks of the year and if you are a small business owner an entrepreneur a startup founder i highly suggest you listen to my recent episode evaluating your tech stack because at the end of the year you want to start thinking about what systems have you been using That no longer serve you because on January 1, for many people and for many processes, you need a clean break and a fresh calendar allows you that clean break so that you can go in the year and do things more efficiently, more effectively with better tools that suit your needs. That's episode 143, Evaluating Your Tech Stack. I highly recommend it for you. You. Yes, you. I highly recommend it for you as you close out 2023. Did you know you can get your daily dose of black tech news at afrotech.com? Well, you can. Write like this new story up about Terrence Howard who is suing CAA creative artist agency claiming he received 30 to 50 percent less than what he should have per episode of empire is everything always about business hey, with you that based out of your voice when you talking to me that story's up and it's brand new right now on afrotech.com or this story former nba player paul pierce settles with the sec for 1.4 million dollars over unlawful promotion of crypto securities you got to be careful out here with these things dope technology risky proposition find these stories and more at afrotech.com bookmark it in your web browser i'm will lucas black tech green money we are here with another episode i'm so excited for this one because this one i actually recorded live in person in my studio uh, back at Towhouse. house and so you're actually going to see the video of this recording i believe it drops next week on youtube so make sure you subscribe to black tech green money on youtube but john viard is program lead of the SARE Task Force at Northwestern Mutual, which stands for Sustained Action for Racial Equity, SARE. SARE encompasses an accelerator in Northwestern Mutual's ongoing commitment to fight racism, prejudice, and social injustice in all forms, and focuses on making bold, long-term, positive impact within Black communities. Through SARE, they're focusing and supporting Black entrepreneurship, black small business supplier diversity accessibility for clients and other important enterprises and initiatives so prior to sayer john was senior director of centralized supervision at northwestern mutual and northwestern mutual actually recently committed 175 million dollars to reduce the wealth gap and support businesses and entrepreneurs as they continue to grow and create positive economic momentum within local communities as we reported in october um, they've made a total of 16 investments nationally and local to Milwaukee, which has led to further investments of nearly 55 diverse businesses, the majority of which are black owned. Enjoy this conversation with John Viard. John, it's good to have you here. Well, it's an honor. Pleasure yeah, to be with you. Absolutely. So, you are program lead for Sustained Action for Racial Equity Task Force at Northwestern Mutual. Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk a little bit about how you came into that role and a little bit about your personal story.
2: Sure, for sure. So I am a first generation American. My parents both immigrated from Haiti uh, in the late 70s and met in Chicago. And so I grew up uh, in a small household of of five, but um, with a deep, deep connection to a Haitian community that was based in Emerson. So tight knit Haitian family, all about kind of uplifting each other and, and making a way for ourselves in the country. So fast forward, I started working at Northwestern Mutual and um, have had an amazing journey throughout my 13 years with the company. But in the summer of 2020, was finding myself really sort of having an identity crisis around you know, what am I doing in this kind of corporate space, not really being as much a part of the solution, you know, certainly post George Floyd and everything that happened uh, that summer. And I was thinking about, my wife was, <laughs> I was nine months pregnant at the time, and I was thinking about what would I tell my son Uh, about our roles to play, you know, during this really trying time for the country. Um, And like, what did we do about anything, right? And this Sarah role came up in terms of like, how do you align the mission and objectives of a corporate entity with actionable impact outside our walls? And so I went from very much being on the brink of like, I don't think this is, uh, this corporate thing is for me anymore. I think I need to like really step out to, now, not only can I have a meaningful career here, but I can drive, like, real impact. And I would argue maybe even more so than some local politicians or what have you can, we you can channel millions of dollars of corporate resources to moving the needle. So, yeah. Yeah, man. so I'm, so yeah. I'm
3: interested oh, 2020 was a year that a lot of corporations were making promises Mm -hmm. you know around what they're so I want to talk about impact funds and why it's important to Northwestern Mutual because you know you guys committed 175 million last I looked Mm -hmm. to your impact fund designed to you know uh help neighborhoods to small business owners and etc there's ultimately no entity outside holding people accountable so Mm -hmm. how do you guys hold yourself accountable to the promises that you guys have made to you know these communities
2: yeah that's a great question it's a really important one and so what i love about the way our ceo john has kind of set this all up is we treat this as though it's any other business imperative right this is not like a nice side project we have a budget with oversight executive oversight we have um you know, regular cadence of, of meetings with our CEO at the table saying where is this and why isn't this moving fast enough? What are the impediments and let's clear them. Uh, and we've had that really since its inception. And the other thing that I think is really cool is we have very specific measurements. Again, like you would any other, mm-hmm. say sales strategy or, or growth measure, right? And we're held accountable to those on a monthly basis. So if stuff is not looking right or moving at the pace that folks think it should, uh, believe you'll have to answer to that at the literally senior most level of the company. And that that's what makes it a game changer is that you have CEO uh, investment and presence basically day in and day out for the last three plus years on this.
3: Uh, one of the things I love about what you guys are working on, not only funding, you know, things externally, but also mm-hmm. incorporating small businesses, minority owned businesses, black owned businesses in your vendor profile. And so often, you know, cause I've had, I've had small businesses and you hear this, term about capacity a lot you know Mm -hmm. well we don't work with them because they don't have the capacity Mm. and so how do you clear that hurdle and and what kind of responsibility might you feel to help people build the capacity so that they can do more stuff
2: yeah i love that question so one of the things that I, i love about what we did with the supplier diversity or business diversity space is okay uh the large tried and true suppliers that we that just maybe do have the capacity that we've relied on for years it's holding them accountable to, as the experts in that particular field, how are you building up other small, like smaller businesses or more nascent businesses. And so we, we changed our contract language and our expectations of the those bigger vendors that we aren't in a position to kind of jump away from right away, to how are they building up others and, and certain targets within our spend with them that need to go to those smaller, newer businesses. In addition, we're doing things like a mentor-protege relationship where, Okay, your business may not be ready for a Fortune 100 supply chain today, but how can we dig into your books, dig into your pitches, dig into how you present um, you know, your business proposition, your value, and help coach you up so that you're ready, and we'll, we'll go first, and bring you into our portfolio, but then not only that, you're ready to go compete for others. Yeah. And so recognizing that there's there's a, a heavy front investment to get people to that point of maturation because everybody's not ready for it's a right. Fortune 100 and <laughs> what comes with that, right? So,
3: do you feel like it's your responsibility to help people not only get them in and vet them to see if they can do the the work, but also to help them? Do you feel like that's your responsibility?
2: 100, 100. I think specifically as it relates to like a place like Milwaukee, which has been our home for oh, I don't know, 150 plus years there's definitely this, this, this um, ownership of what are we doing as a huge corporate citizen, as one of the biggest corporate citizens to, to uplift others and invest in others in our own backyard, first and foremost. So you'll see even as you talk about like the Impact Investing Fund, we have a whole sleeve that is just dedicated to what's going on in our backyard in Milwaukee, right? So we can be doing all these things on a national sleeve, but if we're not making those investments in our community to, to build those businesses up down the street, you know, yeah. that's not really worthwhile.
3: You know, I was I was doing some research on the grow, uh, Gather Against the Gap yeah. conference, and I found this quote from you, and you had said, you know, we have a small army dedicated unapologetically to accelerating progress, and not just with today in mind. Everything we do at NM is with the next hundred years mm-hmm. in mind, not just the next quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, talk about, because you mentioned some of the goals that you guys hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. to. Talk about some of those goals that you're measuring against to see if you're actually making progress.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you can you think about our work in SARE uh, as sort of being like within our house, getting our own house in order uh, first and foremost. So it's what's the representation look like across all levels of the organization? So not just frontline, you know, kind of folks answering the phones, but what do we look like in the executive ranks? And I think our, our best sort of barometer for our like measurement for success is, does it look like the nation that we operate in, right? If we're a national mm-hmm. company, and let's just say black folks, for, exa- for example, are 13 and percent roughly, well, we should at least be reflective of that, of 13 and a half percent. Not that it's a quota per se, but that's a good starting point to say, do we even look like the nation we're trying to serve, yeah. right? So we have that. So that's kind of getting our own house in order. And then on the things that we're doing externally, <clears throat> it's all about the goals of, you know, one, helping to close the wealth gap. So how are we putting... The hundreds of billions of dollars that we, as an enormous institutional investor, have, putting it to work in building small business, uh, building black businesses of of varying sizes, right, narrowing that wealth gap through investment, access to capital, et cetera, and then the last piece is what our company does is leave people off better off than we found them with financial plans, you know, risk mitigation strategies, right. Things like life insurance that Black folks, uh, folks may not know, have a higher propensity, they have a higher desire for life insurance than any other segment mm-hmm. in the country. There's this like this this notion of legacy and, and paying it forward. How are we reaching more Black households to help give them access to that, uh, to those critical products and strategies to help protect their family for generations? So, so we talk about more black households we talk about putting more billions of dollars to work we talk about um you know diversifying our supplier pipelines and things of that nature and then of course getting our own house in order
3: uh you previously Mm -hmm. mentioned milwaukee which i love so a lot of the work i'm passionate about is about the middle Mm is because i recognize that most of us who are interested in tech and etc don't live in new york or la we live in these other cities and so What is unique or important or an advantage of being based in Milwaukee Mm. than a lot of other places that you guys could be?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well are
3: there advantages? Yeah, Yeah.
2: I I think so. (laughs) I think as somebody that is raising his his son in in Milwaukee, I, I definitely think so.
4: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express.
3: Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
6: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day.
2: We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be.
7: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I think, when I think about Milwaukee, I first and foremost think about, like, the value proposition to, like, live and, and just have a wonderful life. And actually, I was talking about this with a colleague of mine even today. The accessibility, the, um, the, the access to, to culture, to to just good, hardworking people. like There's just all the things that you would want in a place to sort of raise a family. So that that check there. I think that there is tremendous opportunity as you think about Milwaukee being a destination for talent that we might have some work to do in terms of the external image, but once you actually come and experience it, it is uh, a really special place with, I would argue, world-class amenities that are, kind of a best-kept secret, if you will, so that when people get there, it's like, oh wow, this is do- yeah, Milwaukee's yeah. dope, come to Milwaukee in the summer, <laughs> don't come in the winter, come in the summer. And you'll say, whoa, I, like, I never would have envisioned this about yeah, yeah. you know Wisconsin, or w- specifically Milwaukee. And so I think as a, as a place to live, it's huge. When you're talking about building tech talent and things of that nature, I think what you have are several really, really strong corporate uh, entities. Um, strong partnerships across, you know, government and things of that nature that are really trying to create an ecosystem that fosters that kind of creative um, growth, if you will. So you have a bunch of leaders in the area that are really invested in making it a destination, a choice for talent, for tech talent in particular. Love that. Uh,
3: I want to talk about the impact fund again. So I imagine... I don't know this, but I imagine a lot of the bets you're making or funds that you're uh, exporting from your bank account to other folks is put into organizations who are doing the work in those communities. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you speak to that. But I want to talk about how organizations who are doing the work reach out to you guys to say, we're doing this great work in whatever city. Can we be part of this thing? How does the fund work?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I would start by saying impact investing at Northwestern Mutual is the way to kind of you know um, uh, reach out and, and, and download sort of what it is that we do, what it is that we offer in that particular space. And so our fund is really divided into two sleeves that I think I mentioned earlier. One is a local sleeve that is very much focused on local impact investing in Milwaukee business owners and Milwaukee businesses. And in that space, we've made some investments that we're really proud of in uh, CDFI, so Community Development Financial Institutions. And what those are, think of them as like local community banks that have the sort of ground game to do the kind of like smaller scale lending and investing that our community needs, right? Um, as a huge corporate entity, we're looking at money in pretty big terms, like in the millions, right? but. Everyone doesn't need a million dollars yeah. plus to get yeah. invested to get their business off the ground or accelerated. So these CDFIs have the ground game to say, let me get really intimately familiar with Will's business, his books, et cetera, make the right sort of lending and investment decisions to help him be successful, and then also do other wraparound services to help consult on things like taxes and all these other things that you may not necessarily be familiar with starting a small business. So that's that's kind of the local sleep. On a national level we really partner with a number of strong financial, like, national and global even financial institutions that have um, a really good pulse on a number of different sectors that advance uh, sustainable housing, that advance educational priorities, and all the sort of pillars that we have. And so they're really looking at how can they put larger swaths of money to work on a national sleeve. Uh, so we, we, we partner with folks like BlackRock and others that have that, that sort of ground game, too.
3: Yeah. You mentioned a little bit about your CEO and his involvement. And so often these efforts aren't led by somebody mm-hmm. in senior leadership and yours is. And I wonder, can you speak more to how serious you guys take this? Oh, man. Cause at the end of the day, sustainability
2: is what matters. A hundred percent. I will say so from day one and to this day, our CEO has been at the table. He chairs our sustained action for racial mm-hmm. equity, the task force that we talked about. We have, Six of our senior leaders. So think of these are folks that are responsible for huge portions of our business that are directly accountable for the results that that um, that we set out to accomplish. And so we have uh, executive oversight. We have we have um, rigorous reporting metrics um, and 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 real accountability in the sense that like if we don't hit some of these things, some of this is out of our control, but the parts that are it will have direct impacts on people's performance, and and myself included, yeah, yeah, performance yeah, yeah, yeah. in a very very real way. This is no different. I cannot emphasize enough. It's no different than any other growth priority that we would have as a Fortune 100. Wow. It's 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 treated with that same level of intensity. I would argue in some spaces even more leadership investment, um, and investment in terms of like their physical presence, their physical, their, their like engagement in a meaningful way, and then again. What gets measured gets done and, and you know, success is required for folks to accomplish their, their personal goals and their performance goals. Yeah.
4: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card.
3: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream.
7: Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
8: Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true
5: crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. Uh, I want you to share some information about your Black Founders Accelerator program. Yeah. Um, You know, I think about some of the issues I've experienced and heard about through black entrepreneurs where they might get invited to expos and conferences where people want to hear about their business. And what I've heard often in so many different spaces is we come and do we do these expos and we present and it's a big it's a dog and pony show. But nobody ever walks away with a deal or they they never walk away with a meeting to actually get a serious look at what they do. Talk about how yours is how yours works and how um it might be different
2: yeah absolutely so super proud of this so our black founder accelerator we choose 10 businesses per year we typically do two cohorts of five each year and that might not sound like a lot but it's intentionally very very selective so i think we have upwards of 750 applicants that we like thoroughly vet and go Mm -hmm. through that process with and essentially what we're doing is we partner with a company called generator that has a really strong sort of um, development game for early stage entrepreneurs and mid stage entrepreneurs as well. And we go through a 12 week program with them where we're helping them refine their pitch, their business, their, you know, every aspect of their business. Really? We invest a hundred thousand dollars. So this is not like a gift. Like we are very much investors and we also open them up to further investment in, in other parts of our business. And then we appoint an executive mentor to sit in with those founders and really, um, provide particular guidance that's unique to their business excuse me so you might have a business with some strong regulatory concerns so we're going to try to find somebody from the northwestern mutual ranks that's an expert in regulatory you know fintech regulatory considerations and try to pair that founder with them so that they can really get c-suite level insights on how to build their business in a way that will ultimately be attractive to the big the big um both further investors but companies that might want to use that service into the future. So we do that, we bring these cohorts in, we really try to build a a, a sort of spirit of family across the cohorts and the alum. And then what we do after that is try to really keep them as a part of this ecosystem and introduce them, connect them to as many resources and further opportunities to raise more capital. In fact, going back to our dashboard and and, and our our metrics for results, one of our results, uh, one of our metrics is are we helping our founders raise a particular amount of capital, right? So we have targets to help graduates of our program meet certain fundraising criteria. Mm-hmm. So that incentivizes us to really be diligent about, how can I introduce Will to as many people in that lane that can help him further grow that business after he's left our program? Yeah. So we're specifically very choose, like we're, we're particularly picky and very, very much uh, kind of overweighted in the, not overweighted, but very much leaned into How do we make this a very, very thorough partnership um, and and be close with them?
3: Speaking about partnerships, you guys partner with Kellogg, which is like a leading business school in the world. Um, You you partner with them for Gather Against the Gap, a lot Mm -hmm. of your initiatives. Why is that partnership important and what? Do you hope that it lends to success?
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. So, our CEO is actually an alum of Kellogg, and so that's sort of where the the initial mm-hmm. idea okay. came. But the thought being that Kellogg is a world class institution, like you mentioned, I think top two or three in the, in all business school rankings year over year. And what's so special about Kellogg is they have, you know, many many decades of shaping business practices uh, successfully. And so we think about. One, Evanston is but an hour away from Milwaukee, so there's that proximity. Two, we had the connection with our CEO being in Lumba. More importantly, they have 65,000 executives across the globe that sit at the helm of real, real capital. Like, organizations and dollar amounts that can change the makeup of this country. And even the world, you know, I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) it doesn't sound too of this guy, but the the world, like they can do that. They have that in their alumni ranks. They have 19 of the fortune 500 CEOs are Kellogg alum. Wow. So the thought was, okay, this is a world-class research institution, world-class alumni base teaming up with them and using ourselves as a case study to say, look, Northwestern Mutual doesn't have all this figured out. Like we're learning, we're still learning every day. People have been at supplier diversity and things of that nature, impact investing for much longer than we have. But we're here, we're fully invested. What can we learn from you as an academic institution? And then what can we learn in, and how can we inspire others within your your alumni base to steer their uh, organizations towards driving impact as well? And by the way, you're also pumping out and cultivating future executives of tomorrow that, that need to have this this as a part of their their game, right? They yeah. need to know how their organizations are making an impact beyond just shareholder return, right?
3: Um, gather Against the Gap, we, I've been touching on this and a lot of people don't know. Let's talk about first what Gather Against the Gap was. Yeah. Um, yeah, speak to that.
2: Yeah, so Gather Against the Gap was this idea of, okay, again, in the spirit of us trying to get better at doing this work, we don't have all the answers, we're proud of what we've done, long way to go, how can we convene other leaders, other uh, you know, large corporate entities, leaders at the helm of, the, of these massive amounts of capital? I think we had in the room more than a trillion dollars in assets under management. Wow. and that was just you. That,
3: yeah, was, that was just you. Just... <laughs> <laughs> we, just... <laughs> we had
2: 200, uh, I think it was like 225, 250, something like that in attendance yeah. physically. I'm yeah. talking about C-suite leaders, yeah. okay? Um, and you know, Kellogg brought this academic lens of, okay, if we removed all barriers and thought about what are the levers that corporations can pull, that the business community can pull to legitimately begin to narrow and eventually close the wealth gap, like it's possible. But what it takes was essentially investing in black businesses, right? So black business development. It's getting more corporations to, to open up their supply chains and start to bring in black business as a part of that. So um, grow business through, through leveraging the supply chain and then it's access to capital. And then when you combine all those things uh, over time, and you really can create a sort of like a multiplier effect, we can start to move that needle. And so everybody in that room was aligned on that vision and came to get actionable, like practical. When you go in on Monday, here are three to five things that you can do from your seat. And I think we accomplished that in spades.
3: Uh, Your CEO had this to say about one of the themes that came out of the conference. He said, uh, sustained action requires sustained leadership. Mm. When leaders show up consistently for their impact initiatives, they create a multiplier effect, to your mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. within their organization. Uh, w- what do you hope other businesses in your vertical take away from that conference? And then, you know, how do you continue? Because you said you guys kind of want to be a representation. Like, this work is possible if we collectively do this together. Yep. Like, what do you hope they take away from that initiative and the work that continues?
2: Yeah, I I think what's been most impactful, I think, to folks. So like, obviously, if you got like literally skin in the game and and this is something that, you know, this is just so you're so passionate about this topic. Like, that's one thing. There's sort of the there's the moral imperative to to close the wealth gap because it's going to help benefit the country undeniably. But then there's also a real business case for doing it too. So let's yeah. just say that's not enough for you as a leader. Like, yeah, that sounds good, but I've got I've got shareholders to worry about. Yeah. I think what our CEO would argue, not, you know, not to be his ambassador necessarily, but there's real growth potential and business value. That's what we wanted to do with Gather Against the Gap. And and in many respects, what we're doing with Sarah is how can we do both, right? It's it's not an either or. When you put these things together, you'll see tremendous growth. Like our company has enjoyed since we've started this work, unprecedented growth in our advisor force and the productivity of our advisor force. And that growth didn't come from you know middle aged white men. It came from the diverse segments that we've been more intentional about bringing on. And it's powered unbelievable growth for our business yeah, over the last couple yeah. of years. So, so I guess what I would say to take away is this isn't a charity case, right? This is a combination of obviously the right thing to do that will benefit us all. But then also it's good for your bottom line too, when it's done right.
3: For the people who, when, when you think about doing this work, the people who may never own a small business and may never come to, you know, be in your pipeline of future employees, but they just mm-hmm. work normal everyday jobs. How does this work benefit them potentially?
2: I love that question. That's a deeply personal one for me. So I mentioned earlier this goal of trying to reach more black households, more more American households, period, but in particular black households. And I think of my own family, right? So I mentioned family came here from Haiti built up from the ground up, gave three kids a college education, what have you. And I watched my parents work very, very diligently to rise in their own spheres. My mom did own a small business. She was a home daycare owner. I uh, had kids at our house every day. My mom my dad worked for a variety of banks, worked up from the mailroom to management, what have you. So really a career company man. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of that, I think about, well, what did all that get them absent a financial plan? And so right now we're at the stage of their lives where they're looking at a retirement that it's not looking so great because they didn't have somebody that sat down with them and got them on a game plan early on. There were things that I I wish they had the right advisor. I wish they had an advisor to expose them to things really, really things, things that would be seem like really small investments at the time that could have been paid dividends for them in their retirement year. So now we're trying to figure out how do we supplement that and give them a respectful retirement, but it's kind of late in the game for that. So what I would say is as much as our folks can get, get a financial advisor to help you and you know i I happen to believe that we have the best in the industry at northwestern mutual but get somebody to sit down with you and talk through a plan talk through things like disability insurance if you happen to be disabled and not able to go back to work talk about how you're putting money away thoughtfully before it's so late in the game that you know you're really trying to play catch up which is tough Yeah, yeah
3: So you've got Sarah, which I imagine Gather Against the Gap falls under that. Yep. This relationship with Kellogg falls under that. Black Founder Accelerator falls under that. The Impact Fund, yes, sir. I imagine, falls under that. When you think about Kellogg, like that's an important relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from externally, I can know mm-hmm. that that's an important relationship. What does the future hold for what the direction you guys want to take that? How do you want to grow that relationship?
2: I think we learned so much with Gather Against the Gap and the key being we need to be able to provide the business community with actionable, like tangible, practical takeaway steps to make any of this stuff actually happen. And so I think we've only begun to scrape the surface of how do we take the learnings from these in-person convenings or the different conversations or research that Kellogg is doing, and then how do we partner together and use NM as a case study, like we'll be that case study. How do we partner to distill more of that down and spread it across the business community? So we'll look forward to looking at, you know, across the different dimensions of, say, procurement and supplier diversity. How do we get the best of the best together to talk about those and distill those action steps down? You talk about access to capital, impact investing, things of that nature. How do we get the best of the best there? Pair it with the research and distill that across the business community. So we're really looking at not just, hey, we did this nice event, a bunch of people came, it was great, we took great pictures, check out the video. (laughs) And turn it into tangible, a campaign of academic and and sort of like business-facing communications on how to go put that stuff to work, right? It's not just, it's not trying to be a commercial. Like, let's actually get this stuff done.
3: So people want to learn more about what Northwestern Mutual is doing, what the the founders, the Black Founders Fund, etc. They want to learn more about this stuff, dive in where should they go
2: yeah I would, I would send them to northwesternmutual.com and then if you have any in, any questions or your business you think might be a, a good fit you want to learn more about impact investing impact investing at northwestern mutual and then we'll make sure we get you to the right folks to hear that yeah. john vr Bill, good Will. to have you man pleasure pleasure, <laughs> pleasure. honor brother honor <laughs> man it's really an honor thank you so much man Dude, that was fun
3: Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan Debon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Micah Davis, Vanessa Serrano, Maya Muldrew. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at AfroTech.com. The video version of this episode will drop to Black Tech Green Money on YouTube next week, so tap in. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money share this with somebody go get your money peace and love
1: it's brand new season two